city like I already own it Standing on top cause I earned this moment I took what was mine, now I won't let go of it Cause I'm a hustler, yeah I'm a hustler Cause I'm a hustler, yeah I'm a hustler I Hello again, everybody. This is Gary Roth with the Blue Collar Consulting Group podcast dedicated to making everything better. Today, today we have a brand master, a brand master by the name of Ainsley Moyer. I hope I said that right. She is the founder and chief brand engineer at Engineer Your Brand. That can be found in com. I am excited. I have 40,000 questions for this young lady. And Ainsley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gary. And 40,000 questions, I'll try my best to answer them all. <laughs> Knowing my luck, we'll probably get to about five or six, and then we'll be, <laughs> we'll be over time. So but anyway, listen, hey, thanks a lot. Welcome to the show. Uh, you have an extensive background in marketing and brand building. You've worked for some major companies. How, if, if, feel free to, to tell your story. How did you end up here? Yeah, how did I end up here with Engineering Your Brand <laughs> on this wonderful podcast with you? Um, sure. Well, yeah, you know, fate so, fate got you on the podcast. So, but yeah, right. how, but maybe exactly. before that. <laughs> um, so it's a really interesting topsy turvy story of how I ended up doing exactly what I'm doing. Um, the one thing that's always been very true for me is that I've always really loved and respected great brands. And for me, one of those brands that I really looked up to as I was studying marketing and, you know, even in high school, I remember looking at brands and just being enamored how some of them, you know, were interacting with people and just really captivating people. Um, So it's been a long time love affair with me and branding right now. And uh, and yeah, I always loved and admired everything that Coca-Cola had done for for branding. I thought they did a great job. No matter where you yes. are in the world, people know that brand. They're connecting with it. They've got some similar, you know, ways that they communicate with people all over the globe. But then there's always these unique takes. And I just, I thought that mm-hmm. was so great. And, you know, my my mission was I want to go and work for Coca-Cola to learn branding from from these experts. <laughs> um, they are the ones to, that could learn from you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> And I was really fortunate enough that uh, right before I graduated school, even I was able to go and work with them and spent a number of years um, there working for Coca-Cola in branding and marketing, and then eventually spent the next about 10, 11 years, just different um, food and beverage marketing and branding roles, right. uh, had the opportunity to launch a number of different products bunch of different campaigns and and really loved it um but at the same time as i was doing all this i saw some friends and acquaintances start to launch their own brands and there was just this huge gap from what these yeah, large right. famous brands were doing and what small up-and-coming brands kind of knew about branding and marketing um and i really kind of took it for granted what I did know and I just I felt like I wanted to just share this knowledge with with other people that were building their companies um so that's that's really what I do now um I do that with engineering your brand where we work with 
small and mid-sized companies with branding and marketing primarily in food and bev just because that's you know my favorite place to play um and then i wrote a book in 2018 called branding beyond logos and it is really for business owners that have a great product or service but hey maybe they don't have an extensive background in branding and i always say like why should you if you are a woodworker building amazing tables for people <laughs> why should you know everything about seo and branding exactly. and sales it doesn't make yes. sense <laughs> No, Ainsley, that that's so perfect. Stick to what you know. Hire for what you don't. I mean, it's oh man, I, I'm so glad you said that. I'm actually writing that down because that's such a catastrophic failure that so many small business owners try to do. They just try to do everything all themselves all the time, and what you end up with is a diluted, no good program. And then their actual, even their product, their idea, their service starts to suffer because they just get strung strung out too thin. And I wanted to kind of rewind just, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I I just feel like it's such a shame because there are these amazing products and services out there, but like you said, it's almost not doing justice when you're trying to do it all yourself because then you don't actually have the opportunity to like share that out with the people that you want to share it with to its greatest capacity. Completely agree. And kind of in that, kind of in a similar vein, I wanted to kind of rewind. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up Coca-Cola. Uh, you know, Coca-Cola with the, you know, gosh, with the bears, with Santa Claus, with the boxes, with the bottle shape, with the red, with the cursive. I mean, it is the pinnacle of branding from day one. If you were to see the word Snuffleupagus written in that Coca-Cola font, you would know it as the Coca-Cola font. You know, there's, you know, it could be a circle, it could be a bottle, it could be anything, right? So, you know, brands like Nike, uh, everybody's tired of hearing about Apple and how they do everything. Like, we got it, you know, but there's, there's all these massive brands out there, right? So, and I think there's an interesting parallel, you know, like rewind 50 years, okay? And Jim the Plumber, right? Your local plumber. Oh, something's wrong with my plumbing. Oh, call Jim. He fixed, you know, my dad's plumbing a year ago or something like that. So it's interesting how really branding is word of mouth on steroids in, in some respects. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so I wanted you to kind of speak to, let's, let's go practical for a second. And I, I certainly hope I'm not ruining the buildup. Let's, let's you and I go practical here. Now, if, Let's 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 use that example as a, of a woodworker. You know, at, at what? How can a person, if they're just starting out, they're not quite ready to hire engineer your brand, but they want to build themselves some momentum from scratch? Can you speak to maybe just some general rules or maybe some advice that a new business owner could use to kind of establish a? Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's really great because, you know, if you're building a business, this is something that you should be looking to ask yourself upfront um because yeah, it's not always in the cards to hire someone to help you out. So, so number one thing that I always say is think about if people could remember you for one thing only. Yeah, okay. Okay. What would that be? If they can only say one thing about you, if if you want your brand to go around, um, what do you want them to say about your your woodworking business? Do you want them to say that they make, you know, you make everything completely custom or you use, you know, uh completely original designs, or maybe you you work with antique designs, but what is that right. one thing 
that you want to own in people's minds. Wow, and that's then, great. Yeah, once you figure that out, your your mission for your brand and everything that you do is just to scream that as loud as possible. And that can be, even if you're building out your website, you know, those words should be there, but mm -hmm. really showcase how you are, are different. Um, that one thing about you, if you are trying, someone's coming into your store and they want to know about your table, you need to go all the way in talking about how it is you know, completely custom or whatever it is that you really want to own about it, that one thing in their mind, um, you need to say that when you're doing sales, you need to say that in your, if you have a Yelp listing, put it there, um, put it on your website so that it's just, it becomes really, really easy for people to, to pass it along. Like you said, 50 years ago, that's what branding and marketing was. And that still exists today. I just feel like a lot of people have tried to complicate it and and make us think that it's so much more, but it's really, what is that one thing that you want to, you want people to know you for and just solidify that in, in people's mind over and over again, visually, um, what you say, uh, every, everything about your brand, just, just have it say that one message. I think that's, I mean, it, it seems so simple, doesn't it? And yet it's often complicated, often you know, messed up. And, and, and that's really, and that's great because that's exactly what your first step is in your brand strategy process from your website is define your goal. And I think that's, that's something Ainsley that I struggle with uh, doing this podcast. There's so many topics that I want to talk about, so many things that I want to cover. And I would say that my most glaring weakness in my podcast is that I don't have a clearly defined one thing that people will remember me for. And so I, yeah, I love it because, and let's be honest, if you can't hone it down to one thing, then how can you be a specialist? Why does anybody want to listen to you? Because I'm not interested in being entertaining. I want to be a helpful resource like yourself. You're not interested in getting a few chuckles and laughs. You want to help somebody build their brand. Right. And so I think that's a, a really amazing thing. So let's let's dive in just a little bit further. How, how do you present a branding message now um you had kind of started to speak about consistency is this is this bigger than a motto is this bigger than a tagline can you speak on that yeah so so when i talk about consistency i'm talking about everything um like having the same feeling and emotion with people and i like right. to say that people people buy emotions we don't buy things oh. we buy emotions we buy absolutely we right that is why. yes john taffer would agree with you wholeheartedly <laughs> um so even a little thing that that we can kind of overlook for brand consistency uh, can come to life in multiple different ways and let me give an example like i talk about brand consistency even if we're talking about Let's say you are selling, um, if you are selling, I do a lot with food and beverage, so let's say you're selling uh, a product that is for men, and it's for manly okay. men, and it's, <laughs> manly men, it, got it. Right? Like, like jerky, let's say it's jerky, and it's, I was just having this really cool jerky the other day here, um, but it's kind of like, it's kind of got a masculine feel to it. I got you. But it's, it's got a really soft package. And it doesn't have that durability, that mm. ruggedness to it. Yes. If it's yes. really delicate, there's an inconsistency going on in the consumer's yeah, okay. mind. 
and mm-hmm. they don't recognize it on a on a conscious level. They don't really notice. They're kind of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this is a cool brand. The jerky's good, but all of a sudden, if you're giving that sensory appeal across everything, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. this this is a really like meaty feel to this. Um, and it's just from a little simple thing sometimes, like the package weight that you're using, um, the like the font that you're using. That yeah, you're yeah, okay. The, probably even the coloring and everything else. Totally. All of these little things, they need to, to shout the same message and make people feel the same way. If I'm trying to make people feel um, very masculine let's say just because we're going on this jerky i think the brand was called epic jerky that i tried the other day um, <laughs> for anyone who's really curious about what this jerky is that I'm yeah like where where can we get it ainsley <laughs> i mean now you got me wanting jerky thanks a lot it was a venison jerky it was very interesting they also have like a wild turkey anyway it's totally going wow. off topic here um <laughs> but but if you have that same consistent piece with like with fonts with colors um, even like the flow, if you have a physical store yeah. and you want to talk to people about our products are so easy to use, but then someone walks into your store and they can't navigate where anything is, yes. there's an inconsistency white yes. bulb going off in people's head and they're like, I don't know if I really trust that this is such a simple product. To hmm. So it's little things that we can sometimes overlook, but I, like, I really say your brand is absolutely everything that your brand does so if you know okay we want to say this one thing about our brand and we want to make people feel one way you need to put every little decision that your business does through that filter even what does your email signature look like um you know what does your business card look like all of these things um put them through those filter am i saying the same message and am i making people feel the same way across everything Angel, that's a that's a perfect example, and thank you for sharing that because it's the uh, it's almost like the subtle differences between Lowe's and Home Depot. When I was um, getting my undergraduate degree in marketing, uh, we had to do a case study of Lowe's and Home Depot, owned by different companies. Uh, you, you know, neither one of them really tailor to the true contractor, but it's those DIY folks that they cater to. Now, in a, in a broad sense, there's really two types of DIYers. There's the folks that don't know anything and admit it and they need help and they need organization those people go to lowe's where that's neater things are printed it's a little bit more organized and then there's the folks probably mostly men like me that don't know they don't know and they go in there and they got the they got the aprons on stuff is handwritten it has a more lumber yard feel but essentially when you zoom out they're the same store Mm -hmm. but like what you said it's the feel it's the feel and it's very consistent and it's a subtle difference that caters to a very specific market, which happens to have a lot of people, but it's not the same people. So I think that's fascinating. Now, here's the $10 million question, Ainsley, is how do you know, how do you, oh gosh, how do you get something going? Is it simply a matter of A and B testing? Do you just know who you are and you stick with it no matter what? How do you refine your message? your brand how do you refine it can you can you speak to that yeah that is a million dollar question right there um i think there's a few different a few different things so a b testing for sure you should be testing a ton of different things that you're doing but even before that i mean if you have customers already let's say you're thinking oh i maybe need to 
freshen up my brand. Um, yeah. or, or even if you don't and you're just launching, you need to talk to the people that you want to sell to and find them. If you already have a customer base, that's easy enough. Find them and talk to them. And I mm -hmm. like to figure out, you know, what their overall goals are and what their frustrations are. And mm, when you okay. start to talk to people about that, um, you'll understand the, the subtle differences between why they're maybe, you know, why they're maybe going to one store versus another, what they really need from, from a brand within mm -hmm. a specific category. And then you can play in that. There can be a bunch of different ways to bring that to life. But when you start to hear everyone kind of say the similar type of thing of what they need from a product or what they need from that category, then you can take that away and say, okay, this is what I need to be for people that are going to buy from me. And then from there, it's how do you want to bring it to life? And then you A-B test it. All right, maybe I want to have, you know, big, bold signage or mm -hmm. maybe it is in looking a certain way or maybe I want to have it look the exact same way but with a different type of slogan on it or call to action on it. Um, and then you can A-B test really easily. If, if you're online, you can do it really easily by just running some different tests. And I know you are you know you know a lot about that and you talk about that you seem to hack a lot of marketing things um <laughs> you're, the, you're the hacker i love it <laughs> Gross well, i have no other choice <laughs> i have a name i don't have a brand I, I have to establish it that's correct yeah thank you and um and yeah you can test it like that and if you don't if you're not really online if that's not like where you want to test things out you know again talk to your shoppers talk to consumers that are already out there buying from you or would potentially buy from you um people love to be heard and they love yes. to know that oh, your yes. company wants yes. to hear from them um people will give you very honest answers and and that's exactly what you need don't ask your brother Yes, yeah. don't ask family. No, Thank goodness you said that. Yes. <laughs> Stay away. They will tell you what you want to hear, and that's not what you want. You, you really need when you're building your business. Um, you need the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I completely agree. And let me just say, Ainsley, that you are the master of segues because let's talk about how we get in touch with strangers, none other than my favorite realm, social media. I wish, I wish so bad. I hope when I edit this that I put in some sounds right there because that would be like an epic drum beat or something. <laughs> so, all right. So when you first emailed me, you had mentioned that you had listened to my podcast episode on Facebook group marketing. Thank you so much for listening and for reaching out. And yeah. you had asked Thank me a question. Providing this great content. Oh my gosh. It's Oh, I, I live and learn. I hope you know I'm taking notes from your talk today. This is much for me as anybody that listens. Um, because, uh, and you had asked in that email, do I find the same results in LinkedIn groups? And let me just say yes. Okay. Uh, I have been really fortunate with, um, with doing, I have, to be honest, I have some social media automation software. And that's what I primarily use in my LinkedIn groups because I'm in a bunch of them. However, there, the, the message that I put in there is, is rotated daily. It's not a copy and paste. It's a living message with variables inside of it. 
uh, along with a changing graphic. So it's never the same message and it's never the same graphic over the course of two weeks. So there's a hack for you. Okay. Mm. And so, I'm but the, you. all right, all right. But there is a, there's a little bit of a volume aspect to it and you'd be surprised the feedback that I get it's not always positive, of course, people, but any feedback means that they listened. And so there's there's two things you know from that. They're seeing it and they're listening to it. And then if they don't like it, we put in Ainsley's plan of, of adjusting and then, you know, we keep going. So the biggest thing for me is getting it in front of people, which is that's why I hustle every single day. I mean, that thing is running 24-7, various testing and things like that. So, boy, I've, I'm, did you design your website? Did you, did you write the copy for your website? I think I wrote it and then I had my web sure. designer who does some SEO kind of like fix yeah. it up in there. Tweak yeah. it a little bit yeah. because it, that's where, like, again, one of my weaknesses is I'm not a very strong copywriter. I don't, I don't, I don't elaborate on the ideas very well in the written word. And so you do a great job on that. So let me ask you this. If we're, boy, we're going to skip, skip lanes here. If somebody is working on their branding, um, or maybe like they're copywriting to enforce their brand, what do you do if you're just not a good writer? Okay, so here's my hack. Short, short of hiring you. <laughs> <laughs> my hack for this, and I do this a lot actually, is I dictate to my computer okay. what I would want to say because I prefer to talk versus write things out. If I'm writing things out, I'll like get in my own head and oh, I don't like that <laughs> and it doesn't sound natural. So I will turn on the dictation and just, talk to my computer as if I were talking to you right now and then look at what's typed up and edit from there. And it just makes it seem way, way, way more natural. And if, you know, if, if you are way more comfortable talking than typing, mm -hmm. then I highly recommend that. Great. I, and I mean, Windows comes with some software already. I know they have a voice to text thing, which is, it's, it's not bad, but you have to train it. Okay. So just, just, just switch your approach, go from writing it down, getting arthritis and to, <laughs> speaking it in and getting a, getting a jaw lock. Okay. So I could work with that. Um, but yes. So well, let me ask you this in, in, in your seven step process on your website, you talk about, you know, who are you competing with? Fill the white space and stuff like that. Can you speak a little bit Ainsley about how you, how you draw a balance between looking for inspiration in the competition versus blazing your own trail? Can, can you, can you speak to that balance? Yeah, and that's that's a really great question because there's kind of like two areas when you're going in to, to launch your product or if you're already in there, you, you need to have some things that are similar to everyone else mm -hmm. and then you need to have some things that are completely ownably you and only you, right? So it's you're, you're kind of, you don't want to be a complete black sheep, but you don't want to look the same and feel the same as everyone else either or people are going to mix you up with everyone else. Um, sure, sure. That's interesting. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to take a look at a couple key competitors, not everyone, maybe three to five people, and kind of just jot down what they're doing really well, 
what they're sure. not doing very well, maybe where there's some opportunity, how they're making people like feel. Um, Cause again, like we talked about before, feelings are so important. That's what people are really buying. Um, yes. And then if they're standing for one thing, um, I, I take note of that as well. And I kind of do that for three to five different competitors. Um, and then I kind of take a look knowing my target audience and say, what are some of the most important attributes to this audience? Mm -hmm. When I know that, I then I start to like plot everyone, all those competitors sure. based on yes. those different attributes. So you kind of like, I start to be like, okay, well, this brand is very simple to understand. So I'm going to put them close to like simple to understand. Another one who's completely complex, I'm going to put them on the other end of the spectrum. I do like a vertical um, little bar and I just place everyone on that. And then I do that for, for all the different attributes that I see are important. And then I try okay, to yes. where where no one else is really playing. Um, yeah. And it, it's tough that way because you, again, you need to have some similarities, but I try to find the white space, that gap where no one else is playing. Um, mm -hmm. And then gaining inspiration when you go to build website copy and things like that, you kind of want to see what other people are saying, but then, when you have that initial piece that we talked about at the beginning about what's driving you and what you want people to know you for, you can kind of look and gain inspiration from other people and then say, well, how could I say something similar to that, but making sure that people are walking away with my key message from it still. Does that I think make sense? that's awesome. It really does. And you can compare that with the feedback you're getting from your customer interactions or potential customer interactions as well. Mm -hmm. that, that would feed right into it. So real quick, um, I was going to kind of go a different route with this, but I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. So like, so let's, let's, let's put you on the spot here a little bit. Let's say, Ainsley, let's just say, for example, I have a beef jerky because you mentioned it earlier, right? <laughs> and this yeah. is kind of in your wheelhouse. This is kind of in your wheelhouse. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I don't... I, I, I respect your right to proprietary information, but let's say you had an amazing beef jerky. Okay. Let's say you had one. Mm -hmm. And, and, and again, I'm really shooting from the hip here. I'm get, I'm getting super excited because I hope that you have an answer for this, but okay. What would you, okay. Where is a gap in the beef jerky market that you think you could capitalize on? Do, have you done any research in that to, to, to forward an answer? What do you think? Because I have I have an idea, too, that I'm really excited to bounce off of you for something else. Yeah, okay. I want to hear what you have to say to this. Um, okay, just as you said that, I would say, so <laughs> I, I feel like we're starting to see a little bit more, like, premium jerkies come out. Um, you're starting mm -hmm. to see, like, there's just the regular jerky. Yeah. It's a great protein snack, and no one is trying to capture the female audience at Ooh, wow, female, great point. Right? Like no one's going after it. And like yeah. why jerky not? for her. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was loving that jerky the other day, as you can tell. Oh my gosh. Right? We could call it jerky. Jerky. Oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna stop recording. We need to talk offline. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a, okay, so that's awesome. So so you see a market segment in the demographic. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Thank you for that. That's, that's mind blowing. So anybody listening to that market to the women with your beef jerky or with your jerky of any kind. Oh my God. Mind 
wind blowing. Very appropriate too, because even when they would do the, do you remember the messing with Sasquatch uh, with Jack Link's beef jerky? Yes, yes. Yeah, they would have girls on there, but only as like a, a you know, like a assisting kind of supporting role. Never like the main, never the main protagonist. Sasquatch is very masculine in nature anyway. Exactly. But like, oh, now I'm really going with this. They could be like okay. little nib pieces. like. Oh my gosh. Pre-cut like, up little squares like, or something? Yeah. Oh. Just like a quick little snack on the go. You know women. They need snacks all the time. They're oh my like, gosh. Those 100 calorie packs hungry. were successful. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, this is this is good. Actually, we we should do something with this. Oh my gosh, I am gonna get some beef out of my freezer and figure <laughs> out how to make jerky in my oven, put a pink bow on it, and go to town. Hey, I hope I get to try some. You're on it. Now I'll season it gently so that you know we cater to the female. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> dude, that's epic. So here's the one I was thinking of. Okay, now mine's different. Mine isn't necessarily. Uh, a product or even a demographic. So when I first got here to Alabama, I'm in, first of all, I'm in the military. My podcast is, uh, is my side hustle. And so I'm active duty military. I just got reassigned here to Birmingham, which thank you again for being patient with this podcast episode. Uh, and so uh, when I first got here, I was speaking with uh, a young lady here in Birmingham who makes custom soaps. Okay. Um, they're very pretty. They're decorative. They're clear. They have lavender in it, and it, and assume presumably they're very well made. Okay, right. I, I don't, I don't use the fancy soaps, Ainsley, <laughs> but I, I hear they're nice. You know, she's like, I wouldn't eat the, I, I might eat the pink labeled beef jerky, but <laughs> so what I thought of when her and I were in talks, and it just it wasn't a good match. But before we kind of went our different ways, I had the idea of capitalizing on the airbnb market and let me let me explain so when if you were to go to an airbnb and they had little travel size decorative soaps laid out on the sink just for you like a brand new one okay and you used it and it was amazing and you know you know that the the scent of uh, the sense of smell is a very powerful sense right absolutely so pow most powerful so scent, not most yeah for especially for marketing stuff. So what, and I'll, and I'll try to make this quick, but you know, so you, you go there, you have these brands of soaps on the sink and maybe even you have like a little welcome bag or something like that with these soaps in there. It's all about the travel soap. And so, uh, you know, they have these soaps, they use them while they're there and then they can take them with them, little goodie bag, or whatever. Here's the, here's the kicker, right? That That's good in its, in and of itself. You have decorative soaps for your guests. That's just a nice touch. The Airbnb guests, send them a travel bar of that decorative soap a month after their stay mm. does two things. It does two things. There you go. You're putting them back in that hopefully enjoyable scenario of staying with you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when they get that surprise bar of soap, what are they going to do with it? They're going to snap a picture of it and put it on Facebook, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And then that does two things. It tells them about this awesome Airbnb person out in Phoenix, Arizona, and then it has the brand of soap right there in the picture, automatic social media credibility. So not only can you cater to the Airbnb market of having them order this crap from you, who knows, the customers may order it from you as well. So it's really a two-prong two approach and nobody's doing this. Nobody's capitalizing on the mini Airbnb market for the kind of stuff that the big hotel chains do. Well, and that's such a great point too. And I, I 
I personally love this idea because like when you think about the memories that are going to be brought up when they get this, it's wonderful, like memories from a holiday. And who doesn't want to remember that every time they use this soap, they're going to think, Mm -hmm. oh, remember when we stayed in Phoenix or wherever they are in the world. And they're going to want to use that. It's like a little piece that they can always have and they're going to want to share it. And we absolutely live in a world where do things really exist if you didn't take a photo of them? Like they, they don't. Nothing exists without a photo on Facebook. Exactly. I mean, in, in my world, it doesn't happen. Yes. So I mean, again, it, it's it, man, that is so awesome. I I, I kind of want to just sit in here and, and freaking hack ideas back and forth. But yeah, so you know, jerky, ladies, ladies jerky, and then capitalizing on the soap market. So. You know, and and I don't know. Are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk at all? I am. Yeah. Okay, great. So I, I'm basically like a Gary Vaynerchuk disciple. I mean, I am not afraid to admit it. I I use his versions of his words all the time. Amazing. That's the whole thing, Ainsley. And I'm sure you can appreciate this too. There is room for everybody. I mean, there. I mean, there is just such excess in 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 products, in services, in ideas. There are so many ways you can bring a product to market, Amazon fulfillment, Walmart, Target, you know, direct to seller. And then there's there's marketing on top of marketing. I mean, it's it's just amazing. I mean, here you are taking all of your experience and you're 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 going on top of all your previous experience and you're taking it to that next level. You know, you're helping people establish and build their brands. Um, You know, there are people out there that are making quilts and selling them through, you know, Amazon. And it's just, you know, we live in such a great time right now, but not everybody can do it. You know, if you have a great product, like what you said earlier, you know, about the woodworker, mm-hmm. it, it they should not have to worry about how to market their stuff. There are experts out there to do that. Absolutely. And if, like your idea as a business or your role as a business owner is to make the best product or service, whatever it is yes. that yes. you are offering the world. That's your job. You need to find the best way to do that. You need to run some of the business operations. You need to do all those things. But part of that, and this is where a lot of people get stuck and then they stay a small business for, you know, 25 years is yeah. they, they don't look at what can I delegate? How do I start to, you know, operate like a true business? I mean, I always look at it like, I don't want to create a job for myself. You don't want to just create a job for yourself. If you want to like go no. and run a massive soap company, you want to create something that can live beyond you. You don't want to be working 20 hours a day doing it. You're exactly right. And if, again, that, I, and, oh gosh, spot on point, get out of my head. Because if you're, if you want a hobby that generates a few bucks, that's fine. That's a hobby. Totally. But if you want a business, you have to be able to run a business. Great point. Great friend of mine's older brother. He owns a uh, lawn mowing landscaping company or whatever. He is just on that fringe where he's got just enough to where he's insanely busy, but he doesn't have like a full set of subordinate crews to where he just goes around and gets business. He's still mm-hmm. cutting grass. Right. And it's, it's heartbreaking because I was like, man, I just feel like you could do it. But I wonder, though, too, Ainsley, I, I wonder how many people are just stuck on the craft. Maybe there's a fear factor there or something like that. Uh, in your experience with building brands with companies, do you ever find somebody that's, that's scared to not do the work every day? 
oh my gosh, I've, almost everyone that I do business with. I see. Okay. Yeah. But, Ugh, Gary. Well, yeah. Great. Everyone, <laughs> because it's, it's so tough because we also, we also live in this world where a lot of times people's worth is connected to the work that you do. So you feel guilty mm -hmm. if you are, you know, not out there cutting the grass. If you're not doing that and you're trying to really step back and look at the process of how you want to set things up, who you should hire, how you should get all the paperwork done, all of these things um, that absolutely need to be done to take the business to the next level. But right. we get we get scared and we feel like we should be doing the work. And then it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation because it's sure. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't have the money to invest in it. In, in hiring someone else to do it full-time or even part-time. You can hire people, contract to do tons of stuff. Um, you feel like you don't have the money to do that, but then by never doing that, you stay stuck in that vicious loop of you always having to do it. And sometimes you need to just take a step back, take the leap and have full confidence that it is the right next step for your business to bring on experts or hire those employees or whatever it may be so that you can do the other things because there's only 24 hours in a day. I right. highly recommend uh, or discourage against working 20 hours of those 24 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's well, and it's just like, it's like, uh, it's almost like launching your business again when you expand to the point to where you enter, you become a supervisory role of any kind where you truly have to let go. It's like jumping again. It's hard enough to launch a business for the first time and then when you go to that level, like we spoke of, it's almost as if you're launching it again. Well, and it's, it's like, a whole different that. set of skill set, right? Like, yeah, you start exactly. a business so many times because you're good at something. And that makes sense to do that. So if you're used to, you know, knitting quilts and that's your business, it's a, you need to learn business skills next on top of that. You can't just be making the quilts anymore. And exactly. Let's be honest, yes. A lot of people don't, you don't have those skills. Um, goes back to the woodworker. I always use this woodworker because, like, to be honest, I had this image of this person in my mind <laughs> the entire time I was writing my book. I was like, this is for Jim, the woodworker who lives in Midland, which is like random place in Ontario, Canada. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's who's always in my mind. He knows how to make something. That's the one. But he doesn't necessarily have the business skills or the branding or the marketing. Um, and it's scary for people because a lot of people tell themselves a story and I say it's a story because we can learn anything if you learn how to knit quilts or make amazing jerky you can learn anything else as well um, amazing jerky for women that's us right <laughs> so yeah, all right it's just a new skill set under understood and and we all know that learning can be scary sometimes okay all right, Ainsley, we're, we're kind of reaching the point. Let's do, let's do kind of a, a recap here. Um, first of all, uh, really figure out what you want to be remembered for as singular as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to be consistent throughout everything that we do, regardless of the sense that it appeals to. It's going to build on that consistent message. And then it's going to send us the same message regardless of the medium that we're communicating with. And then random customer or potential customer feedback is vital. 
analyze competition, but don't overdo it. Don't try to be like them too much. Find the, as you say on your website, find the white space. Find that little need that could be, that little itch that needs to be scratched. And then just get after it. Is that a pretty uh, pretty fair summary? Love it. That's a great summary. Yeah. And right. I think like following, following that can really help people take their business to the next level or create a business for the first time. Yes. Um, but yeah, they seem like simple things sometimes, but the simple things are the tough ones to follow through on something. That, that's it. It always goes back to fundamentals. Always goes back to fundamentals. So Ainsley, you have a book. Scream that book title loud and proud. Tell us the title of your book one more time. Yeah, the book is called Branding Beyond Logos. Uh, stand out, sell more, and turn your customers into advocates with these oh 17 brand building elements. So I go through 17 key areas um, of building your brand. We talked on a lot about, we talked uh, about a lot of them today. Uh, consistency is kind of the overarching, most important one. Sure, so yeah, right, walk away right. With uh, walk away with that one. But yeah, Branding Beyond Logos, and you can uh, find it up on Amazon. Awesome. Well, I will do my best to post a link in the description of the podcast. Hopefully it works. And uh, so, and this is Ainsley Moyer. Moyer. Oh my gosh, I messed up. I was doing so good. Ainsley Moyer. <laughs> Moyer. Uh, okay. And then engineeryourbrand.com. That's where they can find more information about you. And I mean, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, the whole nine. So Awesome awesome episode today thank you so much for coming on the show this has been fun and i, I mean let's be honest if if marketing gets you a little excited that's awesome but if it doesn't right. it's probably a good idea to hire out now let me let me ask you this ainsley when would you want somebody to contact you yeah great great question um i there's kind of two different phases so if you're thinking that you maybe want to start a business um, a great time to, to work with us is, is at that initial phase because we can work with you really closely in terms of figuring out, you know, how do you want to launch it? What is your purpose? Who should you mm -hmm. target? Where's that white space? Um, so if you're just thinking of something, then that's a great time. Or if you have something out there and I always say, like, you don't feel 100% proud, but you want to shout it from the rooftops and there share we go. it with everyone. Um, you might want to, you might be in a place where you want to reconsider your branding and also a great time to, to connect in with them. All right. So you can start with somebody brand new or somebody maybe that's got a little something going. Exactly. All right. We meet you where you are, which is great. I, you know what? That's what I would want. So, right? all right, Ainsley Moyer, thank you so much. Uh, engineeryourbrand.com. Uh, you can find the book to the link in uh, in the description of the podcast episode. Head on over to Engineer Your Brand. Uh, you got a little blog going. You got some great tips. We've discussed some great tips here. And uh, boy, just thanks again so much for the show. Thanks for chatting and giving all this awesome advice and perspective. And boy, we should probably do this again in a few months when we launch that female beef jerky. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a ton of fun and lots of great info being shared here because uh, you ask great questions. This is awesome. And yeah, <laughs> we got to talk offline about this jerky, man. I'm telling you. All right, thanks a lot, Ainsley. I hope you're having a good one. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Keep turning up the heat.